Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. My name's Aid, and you are listening to show 89. Uh, we don't have, I'm afraid to say, we don't have Graham on the show this week. Oh, boo. Um, I know. Great. Graham's gone on holiday this week, which is good for Graham. Um, and apparently he's taken nine cameras on a four day <laughs> holiday. <laughs> that's that's all that I've written into the show notes was Graham, nine cameras, four day holiday, lol. <laughs> absolutely absolutely hey so hey Rach how you doing hi Aid. I'm good I'm good um had a nice uh week been a busy week unsurprisingly uh but I got to go and see the terracotta warriors exhibition which uh launched in Liverpool this week so that's been lovely it was um a little bit of a cultural delight I don't normally get a chance to go and uh and do things like that so uh that was that was lovely so they've traveled a long way then I'm guessing they sure have they come all the way from China um my other half he um worked with his business partner to create some of the social media animation and and what have you um that the Liverpool Museum were using so um, they got a little invite for the evening do and uh, I was the plus one so it meant that I got to go along and see them before they officially launched like the next day um, uh, in the evenings and we got to go around the exhibition and see uh, see the 10 of the actual full-size terracotta warriors that they've got plus a load of the chariots and uh, all the other sort of like lovely finds and bits and pieces that they'd um, they've brought with them as well so it was fascinating I think my favorite bit was the horses the look on the horses faces they're so happy they look really chirpy <laughs> <laughs> happy horses okay happy horses. fair enough yeah. fair enough well that sound, that does sound like an, an, an awesome uh, thing to experience actually i'm quite quite envious of that quite envious of that but uh hey let's move on because we have a third person on the show this evening we have a super special guest now this gentleman has been on the show once before in fact actually uh not too long ago it was back in show 78 uh and for those of you with uh photographs memories who can remember what that was uh that's great uh for the rest of us <laughs> i would like to welcome back to the show and this time it's me not graham that gets to do the pronunciation i would like to b- welcome back to the show killian itzinger hey killian how you doing hey guys i'm very good thank you excellent excellent hey it's, it's great to have you back i mean you know we're, we're here i think uh, at least for part of this evening to talk about the upcoming new edition of let's explore magazine and about the theme that you've chosen for it um so i'm i'm looking forward to that conversation i'm looking forward to catching up on generally how things are going with you um so yeah how are you i guess you're really really busy um yeah i am um which i don't mind at all. Um, so the thing is with the, with the magazine, it's a, it's a, a sprint of say three, four, five months to, to from from start to finish. Um, which That's means very quick, that isn't it? <laughs> it is quick, but besides having a full time job, it's um, it's quite the 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 job to make uh, to make it happen. But okay. uh, it's 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 good fun. It's good fun. I'm glad to hear it. But just let's put this in perspective for our listeners. Yeah, because our listeners will only probably know you for the Let's Explore magazine and and the journals and things like that that go around that. Um, you were telling me just before we hit record just how many magazines you publish in a year. Go on, tell, tell the listeners. <laughs> um, I believe it's uh, 45 a year. That's 45 in- a year? That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> So it, yeah, that 
That's a day job. Hang on, I was going to say, is this your day job or the extra from your day job? Outside? No, no, no. This this is the day job. So this okay. is the, the the forty plus hour a week uh, day job uh, designing magazines for a publisher uh, here wow. in the Netherlands. That is insane. Forty five magazines. That's almost that's almost one a week. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. currently working on four at the same time. Yeah, so so <laughs> we. So, so we put out a show week. So I know what a weekly drum beat feels like because we put this show out every week. Although between the, yeah, and between the three of us, usually at least two people turn up. <laughs> <laughs> and today, this well, this week it just so happens to be me and Rach. So uh, yeah, and I think last time you were on the show, Rachel couldn't make it. So last time you got to speak to me and Graham. But 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 you know, um, yeah, we do this and uh, and. Uh, there's, there's a minimal amount of editing that goes into this show. Mostly it's just a fun chance for us to chat and catch up with and, and to share the time with guests. About 45 magazines a year. Wow. OK. And you yeah. still find time to do Let's Explore magazine, which oh, is yes. which is maybe why it says it's a when ready magazine on the website. <laughs> <is it? laughs> That's exactly why it's called a when ready magazine. Um, the thing is with my day job is there's always deadlines and um, events uh, we have to meet and um, I don't want that added pressure of time with mm. my own magazine because it also ha uh, it also influences the way the stories come together and um, choices regarding budgets and um, uh, quality of a story or of images stuff like that so I really from all the things that are uh, of influence uh, in making the magazine, I didn't want time to be a factor at all. So that's why I decided to, to call it a When Ready magazine, uh, because then I can take the time um, to actually make a product I'm 100% uh, proud of and happy with to send off to the printers. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, for one, am very glad you take that time, um, and, and I am very much looking forward to seeing what happens next. So, so should we talk about what happens next? I mean, you did a big reveal, didn't you, on the internet about what the theme was going to be for the next uh, edition? Is that the right? It, it's not an episode, is it? Because it's not a show. So, is it the next edition that you would edition? Uh, some people would call it a volume. I I go with an issue. An issue, okay. The yeah. next issue. So the next issue of Let's Explore a magazine, uh, and uh, well, why don't you tell us what is the theme for the next issue? The theme is perseverance. Perseverance. Okay. Perseverance. So what happens uh, with the theme of the magazine? I try to um, uh, to make it as broad as possible. So there's uh, as many angles to work with uh, as you can think of. And often the, the, the theme sounds like it's huge, it's big, it's too much to handle. Um, and that's on purpose mm -hmm. because I want people to be able to make it as big or small as they see it. Mm. And besides that, I also try to pick a theme which reflects myself as a creator and publisher of the magazine. And it also reflects... Uh, what the magazine as a um, project is going through. So the first one was uh, themed belonging, where I was looking at where I belong as an uh, independent publisher and where the magazine sits within all the other magazines that come out uh, anywhere. And the second one was Crossroads, because um, 
it was the moment I had to decide, okay, after the Kickstarter campaign and launching the, the zero issue, do I want to continue with this? Um, which way am I going? What design decisions do I make? Uh, so conceptually, there were a couple of choices I had to make. And um, those first two issues uh, came out within a year and a half, I believe. And from that moment on, time got the better out of me. Uh, there were a lot of st stuff going on in my personal life. Um, uh, one of them was uh, that I bought a house uh, with my girlfriend, which uh, took enough time to, uh, to make it into a home. And I really wanted to spend that, again, the, the, the time to make it as good as we could possibly do, which um, inevitably mean that I didn't have the time to make another magazine. Um, uh, hence the theme perseverance, because in the end, I just knew I wanted to make an issue of the magazine. Um, so this is where it, in short, comes from. I got the um, definition from the Oxford English Dictionary for perseverance, just out of curiosity as to how they'd, how they'd um, determined it. And it said, persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. And I wondered if that is similar to how you see per uh, perseverance, Kellyan. Um, yes, uh, certainly. Um, but... It is the the definition is just as broad as this as the mm -hmm. theme is uh, itself. So um, when you talk about um, if you have uh, something that works against you or you don't have the means to make something work, it could be that you got a recipe for um, a lovely meal wrong, or that you're brewing your own beer but you don't exactly know what's uh, messing up the the recipe. But it could also mean that you were traveling by yourself, you get mugged and you don't have any belongings left and you have to make it out of the desert. I don't know. It's just something from the top of my head. Um, so there really is an opportunity to make the story as big as possible. And I believe that anybody has a story to share which has a certain element of perseverance in there. Um, and I want to provide that platform so that people can actually uh, share that with others, no matter how big the the issue was. If that makes any sense, <laughs> it does. Yeah, it it does, and it's um it's interesting because it's um uh, you know I I was uh, I was th you know when I first found out about it uh, and I was and I was and I was reading because uh, you 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 have a page on the website as well which explains a little bit about the theme. And I was thinking, you know, immediately one uh, particular thing, you know, uh, it struck me as something that, that, that is actually not something that relates to my own life, but to, to some people that I know and something that they've had to deal with um, uh, and, and their and their own perseverance. So, you know, it's it's something that, um, you know, immediately, you know, started ideas forming in my mind as well, which. And and they weren't and and interesting you know, for me actually because you know, you you I, I read about photography and I hear about things I occasionally listen to a photography podcast or two occasionally make a podcast <laughs> or two and uh, uh, or three uh, uh, <laughs> no, yeah yeah several I don't know not as many as Killian makes magazines <laughs> not forty five no not forty five <laughs> no 
and uh, the you know uh, I, a lot of these uh, photo competitions or or uh, show um, or themes that are run on uh, themes that are run on uh, podcasts or YouTube even in, even in fact our own um, cheap shots challenge theme. Um, which uh, currently is at Cheap Shots Challenge is running at the moment, and the theme is sport. Uh, uh, but oh. yeah, and all these are <laughs> uh, yes, we'll all have that. We'll all have plenty of perseverance required to get sporty photos out of our Cheap Shots <laughs> Challenge cameras. But no, but this often those don't make me you know, think. They don't hit me deeply and cause me to actually properly think about stuff. But just the, but the way that you've pitched perseverance really got my brain working straight away and i and i hope of course that's going to be the case for lots of people who are considering submitting well, thank you so much I, that's exactly what's what my aim is with um with the theme it, it um i don't find it difficult coming up with uh, different subjects or themes to work with uh, give me an hour and i have 10 different themes uh, i could pitch <laughs> and ask people to do something about but it takes me i think about two or three months to um make the circle make it all come full circle in the sense that um, it plants some seeds in the minds of storytellers or creators or people just in, in general. And it just t it takes time to uh, come up with several angles for a certain theme uh, without pushing somebody into a certain direction. And the same goes with uh, the context uh, itself. So I always try to share a bit of my own uh, life when uh, presenting a theme. I did that with the previous two uh, issues as well. And um, it's really hard not to overshare uh, my own story, um, which might influence what other people will be making. I want to uh, leave that as blank as possible for everybody who's reading the theme and um, thinks about doing something with it or submitting a, a story idea. Yeah. So, well, story ideas. Uh, 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 we're at that point in the cycle at the moment, I guess. Uh, uh, you um, you've set uh, you've set the the challenge out there. And uh, is there anything you'd like to say to any of our listeners who might be considering uh, participating? Even um, please do. First of all, mm -hmm. uh, and don't feel overwhelmed by uh, how big the theme may uh, sound. Uh, like I said before, but also um, the the time frame in which I'm making the magazine, it's pretty stretched out. So I'm looking at going to print somewhere um, in, in spring, uh, before summer. And the deadline for the submission is the 5th of March. And this really is, um, for your listeners, it's really about sharing a rough idea of what the story may be. So... Um, send in uh, a maximum of um, 300 words and perhaps 10 images, just a, a rough idea of what you might be willing to talk about. And from there, I will make a selection of stories uh, based on uh, the type of stories, but also how they sit together uh, in a possible, um, in, the, in the next issue. And from there, we'll have about two months to actually make the final story so don't feel pressurized in or pressured into already presenting a full story uh, which could be something um, 
difficult for people who are pitching a story and are used to pitching something which is uh, pretty much done already. Uh, we're only at the beginning of uh, this next issue. <laughs> okay all right well you heard it here listeners um this is the time this is the the opportunity and uh you know don't don't be afraid to to suggest something to submit something to to push forward well if that's the bit then uh that talks about how listeners can submit and we've talked about where the theme came from and uh, we've been given good encouragement not to be scared about it <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i'm gonna take advantage killian i'm gonna take advantage of you being on the show here right because 45 magazines a year says something to a team of people that haven't been able to put out a single zine right <laughs> and that's okay um but i i have a personal particular interest is that um as all the listeners know because i talk about it a lot um i went on an amazing photography trip to bhutan last year and i am trying desperately to get started in producing a small zine nothing of the scale of what you do i would settle for you know 16 24 pages you know uh, 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 of printed photographs that i could share with a, a few select people um but i i i'm struggling i'm struggling with the edit i'm struggling with the uh the the production elements of how to do layout i mean i've done this sort of thing a little bit before not as a professional but uh, mm -hmm. I'm struggling to get going on it and trying to make it work. So I'm really interested in the production cycle for this mm -hmm. uh, you know, marvellous magazine. Um, and so uh, I guess you, you, you have a whole bunch. May, may, I don't know. Can you, can you talk us through it? Can you talk us through from maybe where you end up with a whole bunch of things and you've got to sort through and edit? Is that the starting point? Um, in a way, yes. The, um, the starting point really is, and um, I try to refer a little bit back to uh, your own uh, quote unquote problem um, <laughs> is you just have to start. That, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that, that that's that's really the trick. I mean, um, the longer you stay in your head with an idea, the the more difficult it becomes to to actually start with it. Uh, I have too many ideas, so I usually try to keep them in my mind. And the ones that stick, that's something I will work with. So instead of writing everything down, I'll just <laughs> write down what I remember. Um, but in terms of uh, a zine or a book with mainly pictures, I would say start by printing them out and laying them on the floor or hanging them up on the wall and just look at them as a set. Because that's something which is different uh, often in a publication other than uh, when seeing a, a single image. Uh, a publication has a rhythm to it and it has a sequence to it doesn't matter where you begin in the front of the publication or in the back, there is a sequence and um, one image will feed off the next and of the previous one. So seeing everything in its entirety is uh, something that works very well. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Okay. And so I, can, I think I can understand that because there have been times when I think about printing or, or hanging photographs in the house and doing a decent sized print or or a print on aluminium or something like that um where i like to keep a few six by fours hanging around the place and get to get the feel of them a bit uh, mm -hmm. is that the sort of thing you're thinking of yeah and it could also be uh in uh if you don't have the ability to print them it could be um a digital um contact sheet uh, within Lightroom, for instance, if you see uh, a set of 20 images together, 
there will be a couple that will stand out. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the others aren't good enough, but those are not the ones at first glance which will um, be keepers in a sense, but don't throw them away because you might need them later on if you're working on your story. Um, because that's the second part of the, the process is that you're thinking about, okay, why am I sharing what I am sharing? And that's something I've learned um, during art school is always ask why. That's basically it. So as long as you can answer that question, then you're still going somewhere. And at one point you can't answer anymore. And that's when it becomes interesting. <laughs> so when I say, say ask why, I mean, are you thinking about ask why an, an individual image or ask why a particular uh, you know, point of the story? I mean, I'm thinking my, you know, in my case, this is... I mean, it is travel photography, so so the, the story is about my experience in 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 a sense, or the story mm -hmm. is, or I mean, it, I don't think the story is about is about the people. It's more about you know because I don't know enough about them for the story to be about them. But it is certainly about me meeting people and me seeing things. Are those the sort of things you're talking about? Yeah, for instance, and there there's a, a you already said something which is interesting. It's not about the people, but the people uh, do have an importance in terms of you met them. So perhaps you don't know something about them, but they do have an effect on how you perceived your travels. So there is a um, room for them to be in the, in the final set of images, but perhaps not as a full page uh, photograph, but perhaps as a set of four. Ah, okay. So do mm. things have space according to their importance to the story then? That's why that's the, that's the answer to the why. Why are those people in uh, the magazine or in the publication? Why is there a, why am I uh, giving them paper real estate? Why do they deserve a spot uh, in this section of my story or in the sequence of a, um, a set of images? That's that's re that's really inter that's really interesting because you know um, you know usually um, uh, and I'm guilty of this uh, but uh, so I suspect there are a lot of other people but you usually um, that you've got the internet you know it's got an infinite capacity to soak up your photographs whether they be good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Are you telling me I have to choose a select few based on a, <laughs> on the role they fulfil in a storyline? <laughs> You you don't have to if you have enough budget to print a two thousand cover. Uh, oh my goodness! Book. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's called editing, I guess. I, I suspect there's some people in, in listening to this podcast who don't remember what a telephone directory looks like, but <laughs> <laughs> but I do, and I don't want to go there. <laughs> okay, so so that was step step number two, thinking about the story and 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 you know all the points in the story and selecting images that that support that story i guess i think i've experienced some of that because as i've been looking at my photos i've been thinking that there are some that support a story of some sort but that maybe don't necessarily uh count among the top 10 or 20 or 30 uh, that, that i've taken so some of those are what maybe cinema cinematographers would call establishing shots or mm -hmm. yeah that that or, or something like that you know something that gives some context maybe it's not about that particular shot maybe that shot is used to set some context for some other shots or something like that exactly 
and that that goes for um, and and that's pretty much your starting point would be okay why am I making uh, this publication so that's already a difficult question to answer because it's either uh, you're documenting your entire trip or perhaps you're you want to uh, share something about um, a part of the trip, a certain feeling you had when traveling, for instance, uh, how uh, nice the people were uh, in terms of how they treated you, how they um, interacted with each other or with you as a group. Um, so that's already the, the starting point there already sets um, a scene and seeing it as a, um, a cinematographer uh, could really help in in editing uh, your images and pacing the images as well. Hmm. See this this the the yeah. So so I I think I understand from that a little bit about the technique, but the 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 why is is interesting. Keeping asking why is interesting because I uh the, what beyond beyond ego, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Why would I share this stuff? I mean, there there are so, there are some people who have asked to see them, um, because I, I, I hopefully because they 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 think they might be interesting. I don't know. Some of them might just be being polite, I suppose. But <laughs> but the I don't think Graham's very polite. To be fair, <laughs> I don't think he's asked to see them either. But yes, <laughs> he has. Yes, he has. <laughs> but uh, it, it is there, there are. I think there are some people who are genuinely interested, and and some of my family members who would normally share. Uh, normally show no interest whatsoever in my photography have explicitly asked you know when are you going to do a slideshow you know or you know uh, when are you going to show us you know all the modern equivalent of a slideshow you know i guess putting them on the big tv screen in the living room um when are you going to do that when are you going to talk us through it all and and that's that's i don't think that's ever happened to me but that's but that, maybe that's your why then maybe it's yeah. it's for them maybe it's literally actually i'd like to do this for them as, as something physical that they can look at. That makes or me sound... Perhaps, yeah, or perhaps ask them why they want to see it. Yeah, that makes me sound a lot nicer than I think I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is... So this, and this is, this is um, maybe a personality uh, feature of me or maybe a personality flaw because I, I never really... Until we started doing, actually, this very podcast, I never really did social media. Um, and I always, I, I never really felt that I had anything I wanted to share with the world. So maybe, um, you know, maybe now I'm an internet podcasting mega hero. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, may, maybe I need to get, yeah, get closer to my people or something like that. Is that what I've got to do? <laughs> Before I'm back into ego here, I think, Aid. Um, Possibly slightly. Uh, well, I, I was actually thinking more along the lines of how much I would. I would like or would have liked to have had um, a book of my dad's photographs, you know, from when he was working in photography and that kind of thing. And like how much that would have meant to me. So maybe this is something you can give to your kids and your family. And, and it's something that you can produce in, you know, for that, for that, for that why instead. Okay. You, you, yeah. You, you will be uh, sharing uh, not to sound overly romantic, but you will be sharing part of your, uh, soul of who uh, who you are in whatever you you will be producing, so it will have your character in the in the final publication, no matter what it is. If it's uh, if you make it just for yourself or for your family members or for your kids, that there is 
going to be a part of you in that publication. And that's what I believe is valuable and why I encourage people to share their stories. Mm. Um, there's a, there's a, a story in the Zero issue. Uh, it's, in, it's entitled um, Your Story Matters. And um, I didn't realize it back then, but it's becoming more and more a part of who I am today is that also with social media, I truly believe uh, sharing on social media doesn't necessarily have to be about the one who is sharing to uh, so an, an ego thing. But I truly believe that any story could have an effect on somebody and you don't have uh, the power to influence the specific effect you have on somebody, but you can, I can almost guarantee that you will affect somebody. And that's the beauty of sharing stories. And that's why we as a species share stories because we just know that somebody else will benefit from it. Mm, I really like that idea. And I, I can see the the um, obviously the value and the benefit of that, and I I, uh, I really enjoy how you've put that, Killian. I think that's a really nice way of of looking at it. Maybe for um, maybe aids why though. On the flip side of things, I'm going to play Graham here today because he's not here, and <laughs> oh, say oh, good. Um, <laughs> uh, on the uh, on the flip side of it, maybe your why is because you want to make enough money to buy a nice new camera. <laughs> maybe that's your why. Maybe oh, that's why you put your images together, put them into a book, sell them, and make enough money to buy a new lens or a new oh, camera. Uh, okay, blimey. All right, I hadn't thought about commercialising it, um, but <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> There's lots of different ways. Lots isn't of different there? ways. Okay. Uh, all right. So, th okay. Thank you. That's given me something to work with, and and possibly <laughs> some motivation. Um. So, and that, but that was only step two. Killian, what's step three? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when you have when you have your why, and you are starting to um, edit your photos, and you're sequencing them, and perhaps even writing with them, uh, there comes the the moment of designing the publication in my opinion. And um, the design should complement the content always, in my opinion, that is. So um, it's not the design that shines in a publication. It's the, the material or the content which is in the, in the, um, in the publication. And um, when you would do the design yourself, that would be uh, a challenge if you would hire uh, or ask a designer to do it if it's uh, if he's smart he will ask you why are you making this magazine and why is this story sequenced like this because in that case the um, designer can um, make the design so that the, the, the photographs and the, the written parts will shine uh, on every page so that that only comes after sequencing the story and making the story. I think the sorry, Aid. Um, I was just going to say I think the design part of it, from what you've said there, Killian, sounds quite like um, it. Almost it just it, the better it is, the better the design is, the more room the images have to breathe and to tell their story. It shouldn't really be seen. A bit like really good sound design in a film, you shouldn't really notice that it's there. But obviously, if it's not there or if it's done badly, then it jars and it, it obviously sticks out, you know, like a sore thumb, as we'd say. But it, is it kind of like that? Is that what you mean? It should just sort yeah. of help support it? 
Yeah, and, and uh, you'll miss it if it's not there. Yeah, okay. Um, then again, it also depends on what your aim is with the publication. I mean, if you want to have an overly designed, very um, energetic book or magazine, then the design can help uh, create that if the... Um, the photos don't do that by themselves. I mean, you can have uh, text uh, overlaying uh, images or uh, cut up images um, or uh, work in the margins of a page just to create that extra uh, dynamic. Mm. Uh, so it, it also depends on what the goal is of the publication. If it's purely about the images and the wording, then I believe the design should um, be like a foundation on which the, the content can uh, be, be um, presented, almost like a museum, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 actually given me one or two ideas in my head. That <laughs> last little bit. Uh, all right. So so uh, okay. So uh, story story um, flow first, and then a design that supports the the messages behind the story. Right. Okay. Oh, I don't. I'm not sure that I'm good at design either. But there we go. All right. This, I, <laughs> something for this. The, this. This. Uh, this scene. If it's not already, it might become uh, a, a when ready zine. <laughs> 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 if 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 try if having this conversation five mu five months after I got back, four months after I got back, is is not late enough already. Okay. <laughs> All right. So so uh, dis yes. So so what about um. If if we if we're uh, doing design now and we're doing, does that mean we're doing layouts? Does that mean we're thinking about tools and 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 you know stuff like that? Yeah, and, I think so. Okay, so I mean, I I have I, I've done this many many years, about fifteen years ago. I had to do uh, a print layout for uh, a, a small getting started software manual. Um, this was a long time ago. It was a business thing I had to do, and I don't know whether it was any good or not. Um, but the uh, but I, I, th there was a process there. There was a process about using software to do layouts and playing around with it and editing it and getting proofs and stuff like that. Is uh, uh, I'm guessing all of that's kind of relevant as well, is it? It is, and um, it is. Um, you can make it as difficult and as professional as you would like to. I mean, there's probably a lot of uh, photo um, software like uh, where you can make books online. Um, I'm thinking of Blurb at the moment, where you have some limited design options. Um, and uh, that's where you could start. I know of somebody who uh, actually worked with uh, a 30-day uh, trial version of InDesign. All oh, right, uh, yes, and... the Adobe software. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, so and and that's what I'm using, but that's because I use it on a professional basis as well. Uh, so that's really what I know in terms of um, layout software. Uh, and I'm sure there are free trials uh, from different kinds of uh, software packages uh, or cheaper ones than than Adobe. Um, but there is dedicated software to make it, but you don't need it. I mean, if you look at the, the, the classical zines, how they were produced, it was with a typewriter, some, some tape and a copier. I mean, that could work. 
and uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need the latest and the greatest of software and uh, production value because in the end it's still it's always about the story and the why of the story all right so not to get too hung up then on on the tooling for these things says he looking no. at his 24 inch iMac with garage band running and Skype <laughs> and all sorts of Google stuff and or, and in front yeah. of a massive microphone but yeah okay I won't get hung I won't get too hung up on on the tooling then <laughs> it will it will it will it will frustrate you I I think I'm I'm afraid and that's uh, probably the reason why uh, many people uh, shy away from producing a zines because I think it's too difficult However, this ties in nicely to the perseverance. It does, thing. Yes. There you go. <laughs> we need to persevere. We go. need to persevere. So actually, so here's a question then, Killian, um, and maybe Rach, you've got a thought on this as well. Ooh. But the um, yeah, we 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 are film photographers, right? um, and you know, one of the reasons a lot of people tell us that we that they shoot film, and it's one of the reasons I do, is that actually it it simplifies the world because it removes elements of choice. And yes, you have to choose a film and yes, you have to choose a camera. But once you've made that choice, really, it's about taking the actual photograph and making the photograph work rather than, you know, playing with all the knobs and buttons and screens and, and stuff on, the, on, on a digital camera. Is it, do you th- Killian, do you think that works for, for this sort of project as well? You know, removing choice and making it simple. Um, yeah. I think um, when when you don't have a, if you don't have the choices, you you can't get lost in all the the possibilities. So uh, that could work um, in terms of getting something out there. On the other hand, I can also imagine that it frustrates you if um, you want to make something, but the limited choices don't help you make it. And then comes the point where you have to decide um, if you want to live with those limitations or want to look for a solution. Um, both can work and I think that's a personal uh, decision one has to make. But limiting options is most definitely a way to get something done. Yeah, okay. I can, yeah. All right. See, this conversation is working. I know it's me being really <laughs> selfish in a way, but it's, a, yeah. so, it's my show, right? <laughs> so, but all right. One last question, then, if I may. One last question. All right. Um, it, what, what about printing? And any, for, so, so we've got, we've, we've talked a little bit through different stages of the production cycle. Um, you know, uh, and hopefully there's something interesting for the listeners in here as well. Um, <laughs> what about, what about the actual printing? Yeah. And any hints and tips for listeners on that, on that? stage of the process yeah again you can make it as as fancy as you would like to i mean okay obviously i use a commercial printer but that has to do with the uh, volume of uh, the print run and the amount of paper i use and stuff like that also because i know what is available so i want to make the best out of it but actually the the i call it the minus one issue so that which basically was my dummy issue of uh, my magazine was made uh, and printed um, in blurb just to get it out of my system just to make a publication see how it works and there are a lot of pros and cons to using blurb um, but i'm I think there's there's a lot of commercial printers who at this point also offer cheaper um, 
of printing. So also in a, a smaller print run, digital printing is becoming better and better um, every couple of months. So if you're if you don't have a trained eye, you often won't see the difference between an offset print and a, a digital print, a good digital print that is. So there are options, and I believe that there are um, options for every budget as well. And I know that there are a couple of photographers who uh, produce zines uh, with commercial printers um, for a very low budget and uh, are willing to share what they use. So I know that John Wilkening found a commercial printer in the States. Um, don't know the name at the moment. Um, but he found that the print quality is very good, that they could work together very well. And uh, I'm sh and I think Simon Bray, the one I did um, uh, the Rajasthan journal with, uh, he has a commercial printer in the UK um, working uh, for a decent amount of, uh, as a fee. Mm. So you don't have to win the lottery to make uh, the... <laughs> To make the actual publication, so I could I could look up those uh, printers and uh, perhaps you can put them in the show notes. Uh, yeah, that'd really be great. Good. Thank mm. you. Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple of um, our other listeners who who have been very good at um, making up their zines and getting them out there as well, haven't we, Aid? And um, uh, we'll have a little look at the. Um, publishers the the printers who they've worked with as well because i know uh, i'm thinking of barnaby nutt and uh, dan smith um especially um and just thinking about the fact that they've managed to get these zines out there in relatively you know sort of to, to a good value uh, uh, sort of like cost point i think so um i think that there are quite a few of our other listeners who might be interested to know where they get those from too yeah yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, well, I'll tell you what, um, Killian, thank you very much for indulging my questions. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that's, that, that probably uh, is, is about as far as I intended to push my luck this evening. So I think we'll go for a quick break and come back with, with more. Thanks ever so much, Killian, for all of that information about how the process works. I think, um, for, obviously, for aid, but for, but for myself and hopefully for some of the listeners, that's been really useful. So uh, it's it's definitely something I've been wanting to do for a while and haven't. Also, I haven't managed to get to uh, to the next stage of thinking about it to actually doing it. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that'll uh, inspire me to to go to the next stage. Um, something I would like to ask you about um, is what you think makes a good story. What is it that you're looking for if you're um, when you obviously get these submissions in from people? Um, what is it that you're actually aiming for or looking for? Uh, what makes it stand out to you in a story or in an image? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a romantic in that sense that, uh, I'm looking for a story that is true. So not in true in false, but some, uh, but a story that comes from the heart, uh, which, uh, doesn't necessarily have to mean it's a very personal story, mm -hmm. but, um, I tend to notice when a story is produced, if that makes any sense. So um, a, f a fictional story isn't a problem at all, 
but then it has to be a fictional story. If you want to present a fictional story as being true, then I'll often notice. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. So what I'm looking for in stories is are stories that that touch me on a deeper level, um, which doesn't necessarily have to mean that uh, I'm weeping while I'm <laughs> reading a story. But um, uh, it has to connect in a certain way. And um, I, I believe that if people share honestly and if they share what they feel uh, is important to them, it will resonate with the people who are reading the story. Mm. And it kind of comes back to the idea of that your story matters. Because if something is important to you, then you will find a way to um, share that importance with others. Mm. And that that's really what I'm looking for. So uh, authenticity and genuinity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I want to steer away a little bit from authenticity because it's becoming a, such a buzzword. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. Truthful to uh, some to to the person telling it, really. Yeah, is, and and, yeah. and genuine uh, sharing what they uh, feel is important to them, um, even if I don't necessarily agree with what they're saying or sharing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, but still respecting their point of view and um, trying to learn from them why it is important to them. And from there, I can take anything out of it for my own life or uh, learn from it and um, grow from there. And that's really what I want to do with, uh, with Let's Explore magazine is provide a platform where people can share their true story from their heart and share why it is important to them. I see. Um, I have just um, one one other, other question, which was about um, if, let's say, somebody wanted to take part in this, but perhaps they don't have necessarily a series of images. Not not everybody, I think, goes out with a uh, a slightly longer or bigger project in mind to shoot uh, to shoot that. They might have, you know, five or six images that they think, yeah, these are my standout images that are really strong, um, but they don't necessarily link together. Um, mm -hmm. Is there, um, does it work for you and for this particular kind of magazine if maybe they only had two or three images um, that maybe would link together? Or would you say that's perhaps not the aim of this particular publication? Is that for something else? The aim of the publication is sharing an interesting story. And okay. uh, I really don't care that much about how you're sharing the story. I had a request by somebody who asked, okay, do I necessarily have to be a photographer or uh, have images to go with my story? And my answer is pretty simple, no. Mm -hmm. uh, if your story is um, uh, an interesting one and it sits nicely to the other stories I might select for this issue, then there's room for your story. And what I that's partly why I uh, ask people to hear about where the story might go. So I have a couple of uh, story formats uh, I'd like people to think about. <laughs> and um, and I ask them to uh, share with me what that might be. So it's uh, either a written story or a photo essay or uh, a fictional story. Um, 
and uh, that doesn't mean that it has to be set in stone, but it gives me an idea of what the format is I might be working with. And based on that, together with uh, the story itself, I can see if I can fit it in into the publication. So it mm -hmm. might even be so that somebody sends in one image with mm -hmm. a, a beautiful title and that's it. Great. I think that was what I was sort of wanting to to check to see how you what you thought about that really because um, I know that uh, a few people who I've spoken to have sort of said oh well I've got maybe one image or two images that I really love and and it's got particular meaning to me about why these are special um, mm -hmm. but may, might not think oh I could submit that you know um, yep. because they might think oh I can only submit if I've got 10 20 images or something so that's great thank you very much for clarifying that for yeah, so if you if you know people who have uh, a single image to share and they have a certain um, story behind that image, there's this really gorgeous website. It's called physicalgrain.com and it's a collection of uh, single images and it focuses on the story behind the image. Um, and it's submission based and it's, a, it's an amazing collection of uh, all sorts of stories tied in together with uh, with a single image ah okay yes so that, that that's an art form in itself isn't it actually mm. um we I remember uh we had way early last year um uh, we, we were talking about some things that were a bit similar to that as well so yeah okay all right brilliant um whew, how do how do we uh how, how do we come back from that deep and interesting and valuable conversation and talk about <laughs> slightly less less well, slightly, slightly more lighter subjects. I don't know. Anybody ideas, uh, or have, or have I just maybe, done that? <laughs> yeah, you pretty much done it. Eh? But I think just before we go to that, um, maybe you could just remind us of the deadline for contributions. So if anybody does want to submit or um, send in their story and their images, um, uh, Killian, what do they need to do? So the deadline for the the rough idea is um, Monday, March fifth. And uh, if you go to letsexplore.magazine.com forward slash lem02, you'll find everything you need to know about the theme and where it comes from and uh, how I came to the theme and what you need to do to submit your story. Fabulous. And where can they find you online on social media? Uh, on Twitter, it's Let's Explore Mag. And on Instagram, it's the same. Let's Explore Mag and Let's Explore Magazine.com. Uh, for the website super thank you very much excellent okay right well tell you what then let's move on uh to something that is is, is quite quite different um but is, <laughs> is actually really exciting um and i'm going to ask rach to talk about this because rach you're the of, the of the three of us you're the one that's the closest to this story so uh yeah <laughs> go ahead Okay, so um, this week, uh, exciting news from the Chroma Camp. So Steve Lloyd, who has who is the inventor um, and creator of the Chroma large format um, camera, acrylic camera, uh, basically launched on Kickstarter. Hooray! Um, so that has launched and they he got up to 200% funded within 24 hours, which is pretty impressive. Wow. I know, I know. Um, so at the moment, I think uh, Steve's trying to work out what on earth he's going to do at this point. <laughs> um, no, he's very excited. It all looks wonderful. The chroma.camera is the website to go to. Um, you can also go and have a look on Kickstarter to see just how far we've got with that. Um, looking at it now, it's currently got 102 backers, 
we're at nearly £25,000 uh, backed, uh, which is wonderful. And there's still 26 days to go. So it's definitely going ahead and it will definitely happen. Um, he's already been working on, you know, sorting out, he worked out and sorted out all the tweaks that needed to uh, to be done uh, in order to make sure it was a ready to go camera. So uh, um, as far as I know, um, I believe it's basically ready to go and it will mean that he'll just be making them as the uh, as the orders come through, basically. So um, once the uh, once the Kickstarter closes, um, it's £250 for the uh, release edition. Uh, I believe so uh, a nice sort of good price point I think entry level into large format um, and obviously it comes with the pinhole um, uh, lens <laughs> non-lens <laughs> a pinhole um, in the board already so you can literally shoot with it straight out of the box pretty much which is great all right okay so so you've already shot with this haven't you Mm, that's right. So um, this was, funnily enough, a nice tie-in with today. I mentioned it last week. I happened to be up on the roof of the skyscraper in Birmingham um, shooting with my my um, camera up there. Uh, I had the little beta test from Steve. Um, so I was lugging that around, scaling the side of the building uh, with it, and at the same time listening to yourself and Graham speaking to Killian last time. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, yes, that was uh, that was the week that that podcast came out, and uh, I obviously couldn't be there to uh, to chat to you guys because <laughs> uh, I was in Birmingham on top of a roof, freezing to to death. <laughs> Um, but yes, so that was um, Steve. Um, he dropped the camera around. It was very much a last minute, um, half past 11 at night. And I was going on the train at seven o'clock the next morning um, but uh, because various things uh, hadn't quite run as smoothly as I'd hoped. And I thought that Adam had thrown my lens away in the in the rubbish and all sorts of stress happened with that. But um, I did manage to take the camera away Um had a lot of fun with that, hanging on to... Um, uh, because I didn't have uh, a full uh, like black cloth to put over me, so I took my relatively thick black T-shirt. So that was interesting, hanging on to that um, on a rooftop, because obviously um, I needed to make sure I could see the image well enough. Uh, so I was hanging on to the tripod and hanging on to the camera and hanging on to the T-shirt so I could actually uh, um, shoot with it outside in bright sunshine. That was, uh, that was interesting and good fun. Uh, but yeah, it was compact enough that I could fold it down, put it into my bag and um, climb up a ladder on the side of a building. So uh, <laughs> if I can do it, I'm sure anybody can do it. <laughs> there's not many large format cameras you can say that about, is there really? It's very true. To be honest, I think most of the weight in it is to do with the magnets because Steve loves his magnets and uh, there's lots of those uh, in there. And <laughs> uh, that's how it's all held together, I guess, is that's it? True. Yeah, yeah. So lots of bang, and it's it's great because it means that you can actually, you know, just whip one bit and change it with another. Um, so it's uh, it's nice and easy to disassemble and reassemble or add in the extra lens boards and things as you need to. So yeah. Okay. Wow. I mean, this this is really exciting stuff, isn't it? A brand new large <laughs> format camera that is being brought to market, and and it seems to be. Um, uh, almost absurdly, uh, I said almost, almost absurdly popular. I mean, you know, 102 backers in a couple of days. Wow. Mm, absolutely. It's yes. great. Well, well done, Steve. Um, and, uh, you know, congratulations for getting funded so quickly. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, follow, follow the fortunes of, uh, of the uh, the Chroma camera and see, see the work that people are producing with it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to um, getting a uh, the 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 proper sort of like release uh, version, hopefully. So uh, yeah, at some point, be exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. So now on then to uh, some listener emails and we've got a a a good handful of listener emails this week and some of them i think are uh, might even be follow-ups to last week's show so we'll have to 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 try and answer the the, these things uh uh, as best as we can and killian we may ask you to help with this as well so (laughs) so first off then uh, an email from ed worthington otherwise known as the six million p man um, uh, on uh, on on twitter and and possibly on instagram as well if ed's on instagram he says hi there sunbeams i really enjoyed the q a session this week q a episode sorry this week if only for the joy you gave me when i searched <laughs> online for that awful adam and the ants photoshop job <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> Okay, so so Killian, did Adam and the Ants make it to the Netherlands? Uh, I don't think so, but I'm not oh, entirely missing sure. A treat. They, you're missing they, a treat. They were, okay, so <laughs> it is possibly a slight for for, for non Brits. It's possibly a slightly obscure reference to uh, a 1980s new romantic pop band. Um, so if that was your thing, maybe you'd have heard of them. But if not, then maybe you wouldn't have done. No, uh, so <laughs> anyway, that was one of the things we talked about on last week's show. So it says, uh, and Ed continues. Anyway, what prompted me to email in was to say that if Rach does not, sorry, if Rach does want to have a play about with a Bronica, I can bring my S2A along to the photography show, if only to feel the weight of the damn thing. Oh, there you go, Rach, an offer you can't refuse. That's very sweet of him. I actually have some quite big news on that front. Um, All right. Okay. Maybe this is a good time for me to mention it. So I took delivery this morning of something very exciting. Um, It might be a new camera. (laughs) Um, Is this like two weeks in a row or is that or did you miss a week? (laughs) No, 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 no. So um, this is one that I've been thinking about for a while. It's not Malaika. Okay, so that's still on. Okay. That's still on the uh, on the shopping list. At some point, I would love to to do that. So what I thought was actually with that um, with that thousand pound, what I was going to do was to buy a Leica body, and I'll save up for a lens. <laughs> right. Um, because I um, came across this lovely camera, um, which uh, actually um, I saw online, and it is okay. Let me let me do this with it and see if you can work out what it might be any thoughts that's a big mirror slap try it again all right hang on so i i'm gonna make a guess right so so that's that that's that sounds like a big mirror slap to me with a shutter at the end of it um, I know that there are some legendary medium format cameras that that make those kind of noises. So I'm and and you spoke about one last week. So I'm going to go with Pentax six seven. It's not, but that's a really good guess. It's a Hasselblad five hundred. You bought a Hasselblad. I did. I did. And it's so beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I am completely in love. It is so 
gorgeous and shiny and lovely and uh, it's actually not as heavy as I thought it was going to be so that's good so yeah so um thank you very much Ed and I would still really like to see your, your Bronica as well so if you've got that um especially as it's a, it sounds like that's really weighty it'll be interesting to see the difference in terms of the weight so uh yeah it's um the the one that I've got is the 80 mil um planar lens um which is exciting the 2.8 and uh, yeah it's the Hasselblad 500c Yay. wow okay now that i was not expecting that there you go see well you you, you always think you, if you've got me pegged i'm sorry but you've not <laughs> <laughs> okay so wow okay into that that would be good to see how you get on with that then and okay. and you know they are that is a legendary camera as as legendary you might say as as the Leica itself <laughs> Interesting, interesting. Killian, do you get this kind of joy out of ownership of cameras or getting new cameras and playing with them? I am actually waiting for one to arrive any day now. (laughs) Okay, good. I'd like to hear that. I was so, so sad actually because I was out uh, today delivering some workshops and uh, and I kept getting a message uh, from from the gentleman who was sending it over to me saying has it arrived has it arrived and I was like I'm not at home and I can't tell you I don't know <laughs> it did so that's good so what are you waiting for Killian <clears throat> I'm uh, waiting for a Canon One V and that's mainly because I have a couple of um, uh, L lenses around which I don't use anymore since I'm not shooting digital anymore or at least not that much uh, but I have some great uh, lenses to go uh, to use while traveling but I don't have the analog body so I went shopping and ended up with the 1v so I'm waiting for it should oh. be here any day now yeah that that's that's interesting actually that i i've often thought about trying to use the same lenses on digital nikons as well as as the film nikons that i use so it's uh i totally i totally get that that's oh yeah well i hope you enjoy it sounds good yeah absolutely we'll see we'll see and <laughs> um, having done is, my is own it's Sorry, go on. I was going to say, having done my own extensive travelling with with film last year and and putting films through, you know, 10, 12 X-ray machines, I'm I'm reasonably confident on travelling with film these days. So uh, I I think, yeah, it sounds like a great thing if you've bought that for travelling. Yeah, there's um, actually, I've been travelling with film for the past couple of two or three years now. And uh, usually just look for, uh, with a big smile on my face at the, the um, security guys and often they will um, uh, let me uh, have the film hand checked. There's actually a guy here in the Netherlands who did an extensive um, research on train machines and film uh, with all types of uh, machinery metering uh, what the x-ray um, did on the film and he found that it didn't do that much damage if it did any damage at all and he he wrote an extensive blog post about uh, his findings um, so if you want me to look that up you can put it in the show notes <laughs> you're taking a lot of you're taking a lot of actions from this business meeting <laughs> <laughs> We're most impressed. You can come again, Killian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially if you're going to write all our show notes for us. I That's know. Excellent. Yeah. 
okay. be a lot better at it than the usual bloke who does it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so okay. Well, in which case, um, thank you, Ed. There you go. Uh, there's uh, an email there. That's uh, um, yes, uh, a good conversation coming from that email. Although sadly, I now feel left out because I haven't got a new camera on the way. But, but there well, you, you see, the problem was that you and Graham talk about your lovely Bronicas so much that you see what it's done. This has been the influence of that. I was thinking, oh yeah, I don't have anything like that now. <laughs> oh dear. Oops. Okay. Before I do any more damage, then we'll move on yes. to the next uh, the next show. This is and uh, the next show. Sorry, the next email. Okay, and uh, this uh, so uh, an email in this week from friend of the show Andrew Bartram. Hi, Andrew. How you doing? He says, hello, Beams. Uh, recently, in, sorry, really enjoy. I must learn to read, actually. This this segment <laughs> is much better when somebody who can read does it. <laughs> can I have a go? Yeah, why not? Tell, tell you. Well, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, you do. You read Andrew's email. That'd be better. All right, I'll read Andrew's email. Hi, Andrew. Um, he says, really enjoyed the Q&A episode. Just finished listening to it on my way to Scotland. Um, maybe I can help a little on the enlarger colour head question. We had this um, question last last week. Unfortunately, I've never really worked with um, colour uh, enlargers or processing. It, the colour processing as hand processing, processing isn't something that I've done either. It's much more Graham's field that. Um, Andrew goes on to say, I think the person who was wanting to use the head was actually for black and white use, but you all kept referring to it as a colour printing question. So there we go. He says, I may be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, I failed to listen properly. I think it was probably us, Andrew. <laughs> because it wouldn't be the first time we failed to listen properly either, would it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. He says, um, he goes on to say, um, in a nutshell, no filtration, what whatever, all dialed to zero, gives a grade two print, which may be considered a useful starting point. Ah, that's pretty good. Okay, he says, um, however, to get the most from a colour head and its ability to alter contrast, go online and Google <laughs> something like, Durst colour head contrast settings or whatever the make of the enlarger was. I think it was Durst, actually. Um, you can use the magenta and yellow filters in the colour head to balance contrast from grade zero, soft, to grade five, hard. Some colour heads may go one grade softer. For example, 130 units of yellow and zero of magenta on my Meopta. Uh, Is that correct? I've not heard of that, sorry. Um, gives a soft grade zero zero result and vice versa for magenta gives grade five. The chart gives combinations for every grade in between. Says the benefit of a colour head over a black and white head and separate contrast filters is that the light source is diffused and negative scratches show up less in the final print. Black and white heads have condenser heads and no diffuser usually, and marks on the negs are more apparent. A colour head may not have the same range of contrast available, though, depending on the model. I could go on, but I tried this with Graham recently and I saw his eyes glaze over. <laughs> All the best, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Ooh, wow. I'm glad you read that one out, actually, now, because I probably wouldn't have gotten all the way through that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we saw Andrew in uh, in Liverpool um, when Graham came up to stay for the weekend. So um, I'm assuming that that was when he was talking to him about it and saw his eyes glaze over. Uh, this was when we were down on the docks and he just dropped his 127 camera. So maybe he was just weeping <laughs> over he may, that. He may have just been crying, yes. <laughs> he may. He may, may have just been crying. But, okay. Yes, thank you very much. That's a lot of good information and hopefully that'll help. 
Yes, yes, thanks, Andrew. Okay, so moving on to the next one then. Right, I shall attempt this one. So actually, this is uh, from somebody that we were talking about last week because um, uh, we br- we briefly mentioned uh, last week uh, the uh, World Pinhole Day, and uh, we thought we talked about uh, Justin Quinnell, uh, the who was on the show ooh, around about World Pinhole Day last year, actually, uh, and Justin, of course, famous for making pinhole cameras or, or making cameras out of things like ducks and his own mouth and things like that very uh, fantastic stuff anyway um he has sent us uh well what amounts to an advert but we'd be very pleased to read it for justin anyway <laughs> <laughs> apparently um british science week is on its way and uh, justin is doing something called photon fun sponsored by the british science association so on saturday the 10th of march if you live in the bristol area uh, southwest of england um there is uh well there are four free workshops actually that that justin i assume justin sending this because he's doing them <laughs> um <laughs> and uh there are works free workshops you can go uh on to spend an hour exploring camera obscuras take a pinhole selfie uh, watch your negative appear in darkroom chemistry and then construct a three month exposure pinhole camera to take home <laughs> all in the time it takes to travel 67,000 miles around the sun <laughs> okay so we'll put this into the show notes this is taking place at the St Paul's Community Darkroom um, St Paul's Learning Centre in Bristol um, St Paul's being uh, a neighbourhood in the, in the centre or fairly close to the centre of Bristol so uh, that's something to think about if you are in that neighbourhood and fancy doing those things that sounds like a lot of fun and we will put the notes in the sorry we'll put the information that Justin has sent us in the show notes excellent Funnily enough, um, with it being British Science Week, I'm also doing some um, camera obscura stuff the same weekend. Well, as, I'm very uh, glad to Justin. hear it. Yeah. So I'm going to be taking Rosie along to um, a couple of libraries, uh, one on the 10th of March, the same Saturday as Justin, and one on the 17th of March, which is the following Saturday. So I'm doing the two bookends of British Science Week um, and I'll be taking Rosie along and setting her up as the uh, Caravan Obscura in Huddersfield and in Dewsbury so um, that's at the other end of the country that's up north it is so but got, I know I know just in down in Bristol yes <laughs> so you've got Huddersfield which is sort of northeast ish mm-hmm. yeah. um, what was the other one uh, Dewsbury not sure I've so ever heard of that where's that that's, uh, <laughs> that's a town near to Huddersfield sort of like way it's on the way all right. Okay. So both. Of, okay. <laughs> uh, excellent. All right. Well, so there we go. We've got the north and the south of the country covered. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yay. Brilliant. 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 Right. Moving on then. Okay. Oh. So I'm trying to. Okay. So here we go then. I shall. Um, well, let's. Uh, oh, the next email's got a compliment about you. Would that be embarrassing for you to read, or do you want to go? Oh for God, it? yeah. <laughs> no. All right, we'll skip, skip over that one. The next one is actually addressed directly to me, so we'll, we'll skip it. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what. Well, we'll you can read it out, but do... I don't want to it. Okay, all right, we'll read the complimentary one first. <laughs> okay, so uh, next uh, next email is from Eddie Lambert. He says, hello, Sunbeams. Um, I've really enjoyed the last few episodes a lot. I bloody loved that Women in Film special. <laughs> That's so nice. Well, Thank you very much, Eddie. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. I tell you what, Killian, did you manage to to hear the uh, the Women in Film special that Rachel did a few weeks ago? Oh yes, I did. I loved oh. it. Oh, I'm looking you. forward to to many more follow up. 
Okay. <laughs> oh well, I, we are, we are encouraging Rachel to organise some follow-ups, Killian. So uh, you know, I don't think that's going to be the last one that you hear. I I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank Ra- you very much for the support, guys. Have that's we, lovely. Have we got yeah. any teasers, Rach? Do you know when it's going to happen or when it might be? People keep listening. I will anything say to share yet. Hope- no, no, nothing to share yet, but hopefully soon. Okay. Hopefully soon. We'll leave it All right. Okay. Hope, hopefully soon. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I have to say, I think that was the most popular show we've ever done. <laughs> the, <laughs> the one that me and Graham weren't in. Apart we from today. So, yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so Eddie, clearly Eddie enjoyed that. And he goes on to say, uh, you were talking about the lack of really fast colour film in the last show. We were, actually. Uh, that was Graham's wish list one, wasn't it? Uh, it was his said, dream emulsion, his I think. dream yes. emulsion. He says, uh, Eddie says, I had a similar frustration, so I've been playing around. I think Portrait 800 is pretty good, a stop or two higher. What would that be? 1600 and then 3200. Yeah. Okay. Oof. The other colour film that seems to look good up to 6,400-ish, wow, 6,400, is Fuji Industrial 400. Wow, that would be for 8, 16, 32, that would be pushing it four stops. Wow, okay. He says, agree, agree, it's a shame that things like Natura are on the way out, but on the bright side, I reckon modern fastish films are so damn good that we're not that badly off in practice. Um, I reckon there's a grain of truth in that, actually. I, some of these modern films are so... There is so much latitude. But, Rachel, I mean, do you know much about Fuji Industrial 400? It's not one that I know. I don't. However, I just opened my film drawer, um, uh, a.k.a. the Tim Bath from downstairs, and um, I found uh, that I have a very old, expired from 2001, <laughs> uh, roll of Fuji Colour super hg not hd hg um 1600 oh okay would you believe so i've got that and i've got a superior extra fourth color layer 800 these are in like a little pack that um a friend found in the back of their wardrobe from when they were at university (laughs) and sent over to me so that would be that was 2001 and the other one expired in 2002 so i will have to have a go with those at some point yeah and see what comes out this color film thing is a bit of a shame Uh, yeah it 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 really is i mean uh, i I suppose one thing it's just occurred to me we didn't mention actually uh last week was cine still 800 that's true. Um, yes, which is, which is, uh, is is an amazing film. I mean, Killian, do you have much use for fast color film? Um, not that much. I did do a shoot uh, in an old church, um, and I used Portra eight hundred and pushed it to sixteen hundred, which worked very mm. very well. Uh, uh, but other than that, I didn't. No. No. See, I I I I've not tried. I've shot a lot of portrait, but I've not shot portrait eight hundred. I don't think so. Mm, um, neither have I. I that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, like it's a good option to have. If you if that is easy, easily available to push to sixteen hundred, I mean, yeah, I, that's that's yeah, quite quite useful. Okay, all right. Well, thank you, thank you, Eddie. Um, uh, good. Uh, thank you for emailing in. So for our last email today, that is from Roland Banderob. Um, they said, Dear Aid, aka Mr. Ektar, which is now what you're known as, apparently. <laughs> Mr. Ektar? I could handle Mr. that. There, there are worse things to be known as. <laughs> like sick note, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. That apparently is my nickname, Killian, would you believe? It's terrible. Not anymore. Um, you're all right now. <laughs> <laughs> I passed on the mantle to Graham. 
<laughs> anyway, so Roland says, Dear Aid, a.k.a. Mr. Ector, last year loaded up my T90 to give film a try again with XP2 and then a uh, roll of Ektar, as I remembered it, having quite a bit of colour pop. The scans I got back from the local lab were less than inspiring and wondering if they were just poor scans. I attached a couple that I sized down and would like your wise opinion. Now, don't go... Oh, sorry. Now, don't go to that that I can add... Hang on, this doesn't read quite <laughs> quite um, straight through. Now, don't go to that. I can add pop, etc., with software. Mm. Let me just read this a little bit. Sorry. Now, don't go to that. I can add pop, etc., with software as one of the main attractions for me. Trying film was less computer time. Oh, uh, I think he's going to say now. Don't go saying that I can add pop, etc., with software as one of the main attractions for me. Trying film was less computer time and that I'd heard some talk about, or is that just a fantasy? I did come across this post that talks about how scans of Ektar can be a bit of a crapshoot. <laughs> um, and that was on Emulsive, who did a five, fra five frames with 48 Kodak Ektar 100. Um, he says, um, and if it is poor technique on my part, I just forgot what film looks like. Let me know. I can take it. Thanks in advance. <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks Roland. yeah um so so Roland did actually send us send us some some photos and i had a look at them um uh before we started recording this evening um i i have to say uh they were um pretty much how i would expect ektar scans to look um and uh, and actually the sort of the the color was yeah there was quite yeah quite a lot of uh, bias towards the reds that you get from ektar um and uh, it, it seemed to you know it seemed to have a reasonable amount of dynamic range in those scans um and and so actually i found myself looking at a set of photographs that i i thought were reasonable examples of of scanned ektar um, so uh, maybe maybe the people that you know, that that scan Ektar for me uh, uh, <laughs> are making the same errors, or maybe it's just within the boundaries for normal. Um, I, um, uh, I I didn't feel uh, I didn't I didn't feel that the scans were bad actually. Um, so uh, uh, maybe I, I I have uh, maybe I'm easily pleased or something like that. I, but I guess it's all very subjective, isn't it? Um, you know, because uh, everybody likes to look for different things, um, and um, it's not uh, it's not to everybody's taste. Maybe the way that individual scanners come back. I have to say though, Rollin, um, I have had quite different experiences scanning, uh, having the same films developed and scanned by different labs. Um, and 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 so whilst uh, what you sent uh, us looked actually to to me quite pleasant, um, it, it you know very subjectively may not be right for you, and and maybe another lab would be a, would do it differently. Um, and some labs, of course, allow you to to set some um, parameters around what they uh, how they scan it. Um, and I know a lot a lot of professional labs will do that, but actually um, you know even some you know uh, less I should say less professional labs. I don't mean it like that. What I mean is labs that don't specialise in professional work, because I know professional yeah work labs um, can be quite expensive. Um, uh, but e e even some uh, normal labs can can uh, can you can uh, give them some preferences they can work with. So uh, yeah, sorry I can't help. Um, or maybe that is some help. I don't know. Um, but uh, actually, um, to my taste, they looked okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
such such is life okay all right so um well there we go um i think uh i think that brings us to the end of this show Mm. um uh certainly brings us to the end of our show notes for this week um uh we did uh we did set killian a task earlier on actually to to consider um some people that he would like to to point our listeners to some shout outs he'd like to make some some places where our listeners could go to be inspired and and enthused other than of course uh the let's explore magazine site um, killian uh have you managed to work on that whilst we've been talking yeah, it's an, uh, pretty much an impossible task to ask for me. But, <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, I do want to uh, point uh, the listeners to um, James Terry. He's JT underscore photography on Twitter. And um, he has a uh, an amazing project, which is the Mind State Project, um, which uh, is significant on a lot of levels. It deals with mental health and uh, the struggles that come with it. And it's just an amazing project uh, to see grow and evolve over time. So that's one. And uh, another one, uh, another shout out would be to Lauren Keim from the States, who is uh, Lauren Keim with K-E-I-M on uh, Twitter and she uh, does some beautiful uh, work uh, documenting her home and finding um, light in uh, in her new home and um, making it her own. So I think those two are uh, for now some nice people to uh, to watch and follow. Okay. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I will rush to look at those when we stop recording, then, because those uh, those those are not names that are known to me. So uh, I'm always or I'm always keen to see to, to see new things, get fresh inspiration. So thank you. All right. So uh, is there anything else, Killian? Before we close the show, any other business from you? Um, please contact me if you have any questions. Other than that, I'm uh, I'm good. Uh, and that would be contact you on on Twitter, I guess, primarily. Uh, yeah, primarily on Twitter. Yes. Okay, so that's uh, for everybody. Uh, that's Let's Explore Mag uh, on Twitter. So at Let's Explore Mag. Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, that's great, uh, Killian. I mean, thank you ever so much for coming on the show uh, this week. Uh, I I really enjoyed uh, hearing about how perseverance came to be, and I I've certainly uh, benefited considerably from your advice on uh, how to. Uh, to, to, to get going and, and, and get myself through the process of, of producing something printed. Uh, so uh, it's been fantastic. Um, Rach, any other mm. business from you? Oh, um, yes, just just to um, I should probably point out that the uh, the noise that I played you from my lovely new little Hasselblad huh, um, was actually the viewfinder popping up. But it was interesting that you, uh, oh, okay. you, yeah, yeah. So I just thought I'd uh, just to clarify that in case one of our eagle-eared listeners is like, "Hang on a minute, <laughs> my Hasselblad doesn't sound like that." <laughs> uh, I thought I should best just uh, uh, just point that out, and also just to say a big thank you to the the chap um, Aiden who I um, uh, purchased it from. He's on Twitter at afjm underscore, and he very kindly included a beautiful big book on Hasselblad craft I guess um I will have to look at that afterwards and around 40 rolls of medium format 
expired media order format film so wow. i'm going to be shooting a lot i guess with this it's um it was it was a real treat to open the box and find all of that loveliness in there as well so many thanks to him for that all oh, right okay well that good 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 stuff there all right so um well um yeah, I think I think we're done then. Uh, so oh, there we go. We have been the Sunny 16 podcast. Um, it's been great to talk to you this week. Uh, we always like to say thanks to uh, Chris at the Pixelated Photographer for hosting our podcast. Um, uh, if he ever comes back from his holidays, you might get Graham uh, on Instagram uh, representing the Sunny 16 <laughs> podcast team. Uh, me, as always, on Twitter, uh, Rach on Facebook, or as I think we renamed it, Rach Book. Um, <laughs> I think that's a callback to the last show that that Killian was on, actually, because I was. I, was, uh, I yeah, didn't hear be. that. Yeah, I, th- uh, I, th- I, th- I think we renamed it Rage Book. Yeah, is that right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you see, this has been what's nice uh, to have Killian on the show today because I actually got to speak to you in person, so to speak. <laughs> finally. 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 It was my it was my pleasure. Oh. It's lovely. Well, that's excellent. I'm very glad to hear it, Killian, and thanks again for being on the show. Uh, last, I would uh, like to say, of course, thanks to Rocha, um, whose music uh, keeps us going in the breaks there. Uh, and at the beginning and the end of the show, uh, that is, of course, uh, Rachel's band and their album, Promises I Should Have Kept, is available on Spotify, Amazon or iTunes. Um that being the end, uh, I hope you all listeners have a, a glorious week uh, and uh, seriously consider submitting your work and your thoughts for the next edition of Let's Explore magazine. Um, we look forward to speaking to you next week. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.